0: Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now on with your show. Welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts, Ryan. Hi. And Scott. Yo. Well, yo, indeed. How is everyone doing this week?
1: Doing all right, man.
0: It's too fucking hot. Indeed it is. It's Mm -hmm. the hottest
2: fucking... Summer, I can remember, and I've lived in Georgia for so long. And for climate some... change, man, climate change.
1: And for some reason, this if you past with weekend, change. we went out into the woods. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I larp,
2: <laughs> I larped in this weather and yeah. fought all day. I'm yeah, a, I'm an idiot.
1: There was, <laughs> a, there was a fractured event, and for some reason, we did it to this. We, this uh, time, and it was, so... yeah, it was a primitive. So it was a primitive. So there weren't even in buildings or fans, or fans, or or running water and outhouses that uh, smell like be, a turd be
0: I've been in Georgia, lived in Georgia for a very long time and uh, well, I definitely don't like being out in that really stupidly hot weather. I was actually okay as long as I drank plenty of water and was in shade. Like I, I just, just got dealt used with it.
2: to it, I guess. Like yeah. I do kind of get used to it after a little while and it's just that that sort of like just tell yourself you'll never be comfortable again and it's sort <laughs> of okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now I was drained the next day like so many people were because because warping full on combat in 90 100 degree heat all day and this is what you got to work yourself through the next day you're you're paying in dividends yeah yeah we uh Uh,
1: i'm
2: fat you see yep (laughs) yep
1: yep. well i uh yeah we we had some scheduling issues this year and we had to kind of get events where we could we we try to avoid uh, events in the summer we asked
2: for this yeah we 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 asked resoundingly for this but you did what you could for us
0: yeah and we appreciate it i mean We love Fractured, and we want to play more of it, so we'll tolerate a lot. I've tolerated much. (laughs) But anyways, back to the show, as it were. What's new in the news? I know I have a bit of something I want to share. Go, man, go. Yay! Uh, There's actually something really cool that's coming around the horizon. Um, You can watch the first episode right now. It's called Quest. Dan Harmon of community fame has made a D&D group, and he's going to... Film it in front of a live studio audience. And Aubrey Plaza's it.
2: on it, right? Like isn't that one of...
1: I think she's one of the guest well, stars. Yeah,
2: she mentioned filming it when they when mm. she was on the podcast. I
1: think I think I mean I may be wrong about this, but I think all of it is available. You just have to like the first episode is free on Amazon. Uh yeah. You but can... then you have to subscribe to some like supplementary service. It is CISO
2: that no one has ever heard
1: of.
0: It's, CISO is Comedy Central's sort of like uh online arm. It's their own like yeah other service that they provide. You can see the first episode on Amazon. As Scott said, you can also go to YouTube, see the first episode. I'm
2: super duper just going to steal it if I want to watch it because I'm not I'm actually displeased with Harmon Quest because due to contractual uh, bullshit with CISO, uh they had to like truncate or stop their uh w- weekly Shadow Run game on Harmon Town. Oh no. Because the well somewhere in the contract Harmon only mentions it like offhandedly they're not allowed to do more than 10 minutes at a time of role playing on Harmon Town that's ridiculous because they were like oh it, well it, if obviously it's just watching Dan and uh, Dan and Spencer you know play Dungeons and Dragons and or Shadowrun well the ch- for free will detract from CISO's illustrious reputation and and funds. Okay,
0: I want to stop there. I can kind of see that. Here's why. It's a really kind of new thing that they're trying to make money on. I mean, you got Critical Role, which has professional voice actors doing it, which is amazing, by the way. I think that's Mm -hmm. a great way to do it, actually. More than just famous people playing role-playing. You got people who understand how to emote through their voice.
2: Play Together uses
0: real people. Yeah, Yeah, and that's you. I mean... It's and I think this is a great step forward to teaching normal people what role playing is, and this is absolutely why I wanted to bring it on up on the show, is because I if you're interested in that, each episode is animated, so you get to visually see in cartoon form yeah. what the characters are doing, which is pretty funny, and this will help you get a more baseline people understand what this hobby is. I'm
1: all
2: about mainstreaming, you right. know that. Yeah, yeah. But...
1: Uh, I think uh, there's also... Penny Arcade is doing Acquisitions Incorporated, mm-hmm. which they... Acquisitions Incorporated is the D&D game that they've been playing at PAX uh, and, like, in, in weird, like, podcasts and other situations. It's, like, an official Wizards of the Coast sanctioned game, um, and they're doing it uh, on, on the YouTubes and on Penny Arcade TV, and that is hilarious. Um oh, yeah. Because, like, it's got... Uh, Mike and Jerry of Penny Arcade uh, and, like, Scott Kurtz of PvP. Uh, And I think every, like, story arc, they're going to have a different, like, celebrity uh, host. Kind of like what Harmon Quest is going to do. And so the first one is Patrick Rothfuss, uh, who does the the, the Kingkiller series In the Name of the Wind. Oh, neat. And, and, like, the first story arc that they're doing is this awesome, like, fantasy, In Forgotten Realms, Oceans 11-style heist of, like, a dwarven vault. And it's it's neat, it's I mean, fun. They have yet—I don't think they've they've yet to do any serious combat. It's all like them being funny and role playing.
2: As a note, like yeah, my th- our Thursday DnD game that's run by Murphy of uh, of the ladies episode fame is literally all just heists. Like we don't cool. we've gotten into combat maybe three times ever, and it's all been us just like like running games and you know breaking doing breaking and entering and like trying to find ancient tomes and stealing shit yeah. from, from nobles. It's it's been great.
1: Yeah, but um, acquisitions incorporated. I think, in putting putting my my quarter on the table. I think if you want to know what D and D is like, uh, like because they go through the whole game and whatnot. Although I don't know, I mean, it, it is very role play heavy and very story heavy. That you don't get a lot of the dice roly combatty stuff. Although they're getting to a tight spot right now on episode seven. There might they might have to kill some dwarves.
0: And I'm okay um, with that. I mean, I, I think if anything can showcase what role is about, I think that's a better example than maybe mm-hmm. harmontown but harmontown will maybe just more accessible like I
1: mean, harmontown was se- I, I got the impression that harmontown was severely edited oh Harmon uh, quest, I, quest i misspoke. I misspoke. yeah, yeah Harmon quest is severely edited for sure and He's like in front
2: of a studio audience oh, for yeah. god's sake
1: well and i think and spencer i i i love spencer like his gming is great but he is clearly gming for his format mm-hmm. uh like he 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 has mastered IMGMing in a in a style in a quick abbreviated quippy style um, that that doesn't it's not it's I always get the impression that it's not like a true table style like he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of oh the, he most yeah. assuredly IMG. is
2: he does the dice rolling for them most right. of the time like even actually that, which
1: that,
0: is actually kind of a cool style we may bring that up later on another episode
2: I believe me if we do you and I are going to have a disagreement about it. That's fair. But he does, even on Harmontown, when they were doing D&D, and even when they did Shadowrun and stuff like that, he was doing the dice rolling, because one of the penultimate things one must know about Harmontown is that by the end, they are all very, very drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. So drunk. And some of the most interesting role-playing scenes have come come out of Dan Harmon being far too drunk. (laughs) And just talking about, like, for some reason, like, one of the last games they played, Jim Nightblade, his, his street samurai, <laughs> uh, was like, who's a Bruce Willis, oh, diehard God. type, just came out to the to the party, <laughs> and, and it was just dealing with him coming out and having feelings for the troll doctor.
0: <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's brilliant. I mean, oh, that's delightful. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Who
2: was, wait, uh, played by Booger. Of all people oh, from shit. from Revenge of the Nerds. Hell yeah!
0: Okay, okay, I gotta pick up Harmon Town again because this sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, like he was Doctor Friend for like he just came back a shit ton. Mm-hmm. So he played Doctor Friend for like multiple multiple episodes, and during one of them,
1: he was just <laughs> came out. Oh he came
2: God. out and was like, "I have feelings for you."
1: <laughs> That's delightful, but ah. yeah, no, I I I think that the trend of sort of uh entertainment style role playing uh that's that's actually- that's coming more mainstream uh is great because it's showing that the hobby is not just something that nerds do in their basement of their parents' house mm-hmm. uh, well it
2: also shows that we're not just funny in terms of the game that we're playing you don't have to like get what we're doing to find what the things we say funny yeah. because i mean for I doubt anyone who li- who listens to this podcast hasn't tabletop at this oh, jump, yeah Sure, uh, uh, you... so you know that uh, we a, know our audience. A lot of time is spent just bullshitting and laughing and making stupid jokes that are, oh, yeah. s- most of the time, pretty okay. It's
0: an them. excuse yeah. to hang out with your friends. It's something constructive to do yeah. with your friends. Like yeah, man, I mean, we and, were just and we... in the
1: meantime, you tell an interesting story and you have some fun with some. High jinks and combat and
2: action. Like we were, we were utterly ridiculous and exalted. Like we were just oh, yeah.
0: silly well, bitches. It, lend, it lends itself to that. That's that. It's whereas like our werewolf game last night was like got super flipping serious. From, oh yeah. Well, Ooh, well, yeah. Man. More like we had one dude just beating up a kinfolk, and we're like, we can't stand for that. But he's higher rank than us, so we have to like bow down to that. There's oh, a minstrel
2: God. show in the background.
1: It was <laughs>
0: terrifying. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we've been Matt and I've been playing in a werewolf campaign uh, for a while now, and uh, it alternates GMs from time to time, uh, and uh, so we've been. One of our GMs is very historically minded, minded, so we're playing a Wild West setting of it, and that's great. Oh, it's an man. education, man. Ooh, there's some racism going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that. That was there, and it happened. I'm happens. uncomfortable. Well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're the good guys, so yeah. we're not that racist.
2: No, we're not really. You're only. I thought. I thought one or two of the characters was black. I, uh,
1: we're not gonna talk about that because I don't want Tumblr to get mad at me. I mean. Um, okay,
2: fair enough. I mean,
1: it's it's okay
2: for. T- though I am the only white guy. Oh no, no, I'm not not anymore. No, no, That's right. no, you're not. Um, I think cross playing is fine, as long as you're. You know. You know. You're being I mean, honest about it. As long as you're being honest and not being a fucking asshole. Like. Oh yeah. no, 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 no.
1: Yeah. It's it's all it's all very very. That's actually totally thank respectful. you. That's another. Uh, uh, episode topic
2: like uh, crossplay and what and what how to feel about it and just
0: in, in dealing with it that's a it's a very prominent subject it's it's a thing
1: yeah i mean i've i have used uh role play on on a number of occasions you know uh you know i've played women i've played you know, gay characters i am neither gay nor a woman um it's it's true, an interesting audience, way, it's, true. it's an interesting way of stepping I mean, into someone else's shoes as long as you do it respectfully and you don't do it as a character or a stereotype mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a way of seeing how the other half lives, mm. uh, and and experiencing their struggles and their 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 whatnot, and you know developing your empathy for it, that sort of thing. In Legend of the
2: Wu Lin, uh, my uh my my Ja, my you know my super awesome kung fu sword hero guy, is totally gay. <laughs> He's not like flaming or anything like that, but he is gay, and it only really comes up when his master is around because his master is a. Fucking asshole!
0: And as they have to be.
2: At, well, not all of them are. Half the party doesn't have abusive seafoods, but I sure do. And anytime my memories of him get popped up or cropped up, he's usually commenting upon my my you know my preferences <laughs> and making fun of me for them or being cruel to me about them.
1: I'm playing uh playing through my my second big playthrough of Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, and like dealing with Dorian and uh, and uh, Krem. Uh, this the, the sort of the LBGTQ characters, not Sarah though. Cause she's a bitch. Uh, God, that's an awful character. Um, like
0: that's the elf. Yeah, that's, that's the wood elf. That's, right?
1: No, no. That's the self-hating wood elf, uh, who, who is just terrible. She's the
0: manic pixie dream elf.
1: Oh yeah. She really is. She, she's a deshin elemental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not endearing like at all. No, she's mostly just a jerk. Yep. But anyway, so it it, it I, I really I like Dragon Age. I think they they play around with those sort of topics really well.
2: Which is so it's so weird because like I just was reading on uh, the interbutts mm-hmm. about just uh, one of the most more recent was it, it may have been a D and D game or a video game. Basically, offhandedly, someone someone put a trans character mm. in a video game, and the amount of insane frothing hatred that came forward for this person was, like, she posted some of the comments about it. It was mind-blowing how hateful and just completely off-the-rails people are.
0: That's that's actually a big thing in the Twitch chat uh, amongst esports right now. That's a big, big problem is they're... they're couple weeks ago, there was a big tournament for Hearthstone, and one guy who made it towards the the finals, I think it was in the uh, semifinals, quarterfinals, Uh, he's a black guy, and Twitch chat went nuts, just calling him all kinds of horrible things, to the point that mainstream media had to, like, report on it. And to the point that Twitch is like, yeah, we're gonna have to do something about this, we just can't allow it to happen. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing that we, you know, at in in the year of our Lord 2016, uh that you know, we have communities that that get so damn riled up about that like representation of things that aren't, you know, white male, you know, middle class as uh, as three
2: white males sitting in, yeah. the, in a room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are the most privileged creature, but man, oh man, can I tell when I see something like
1: yeah, exactly. fucking terrible. Like I have, I, I don't. My panties don't get in a wad when I see something. Someone who doesn't share my experience, uh, or or differs from my experience in a fundamental way gets represented. I thought the inclusion
2: of Krem in Dragon Age Inquisition oh, was yeah. fucking rad. Like I know, I, like just super cool. And uh, yeah, I'm I mean, sure someone wrote a terrible angry post about it somewhere. Yeah,
1: it's like people. And, and people my... have. Yeah, it's like. We who you know we who sit in our in our whiteness and our maleness, I don't think we can even really understand what it means to someone to see themselves represented in a piece of of you know gaming you know media
2: we got die hard man we're we're you yeah know no, we yeah. we
1: we get that shit all the time, but for some for someone who doesn't see anything like themselves on the screen or in a book or something like that, it's like. I can, imma- I can only imagine how like good and empowering that is, especially if it's handled respectfully.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I mean, that's also what role-playing teaches us. It gives us that imagination to have that empathy for others. Even though we cannot live or experience that, we can try to extend ourselves into their position and get a glimmer, just a glimmer, of what it's like to be like that so that when we deal with it in real life, guess what? We can better deal with it and and be an ally to those people who need those types of allies.
1: Absolutely. You know, being an ally is one of the best skills you can have. Also staying on topic is one of the best Yeah, we're we we're
2: really bad about we that. We really right now. screwed the pooch on this one, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, Speaking of a brighter future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Today's um,
2: topic is science fiction.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, in con- in continuing with our sort of examination of the various genres that can uh, that can manifest themselves in gaming. Uh, we've decided uh, to, to put our bleep loops on and set our phasers to sun and light up our lightsabers and use the force uh, and talk about the, the sci-fi side of things. You're really cross-pollinating there, brother. Oh,
0: yeah. uh, well, that's the whole point. This well, is you... going to be a cross-pollinated episode.
1: Motherfucker, you can't take the sky from me. <laughs> uh, it's, no.
2: It's never coming back. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like a leaf on the wind.
1: Oh, ouch. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had to do it. So, we're going to talk about science fiction, and let's get a little bit of background. We won't go too heavy. This isn't a history lesson, but we will give a little backstory to what science fiction is. I mean, it's been around for fucking ever.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I don't know, I guess since, I mean, H.G. Wells probably was Mm -hmm. one of the first big writers. I mean,
2: I'm sure, I'm sure, like, there's been crazy, you know, science fiction for hundreds of years at this point. Oh, yeah, ever
1: since the Industrial Revolution, um... We've, I mean, she's well, probably Mary Shelley, like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. That real. Was probably, hardcore science fiction.
0: Yeah. She was well, of science fiction, hardcore science fiction for her time. Just like yeah. what, when somebody imagined, I have this new thing called technology, and mm-hmm. where can it go? What can it do for me and the world, both for good and for ill? As uh, a I case mean, of Millie Shelley, one of the, Millie, uh... Shelley's Frankenstein.
2: One of the old uh, Indian epics, like, that goes back, I forget, I I never pronounce it correctly, so I'm not even going to try, but I know for a fact that it even speaks of, like, great technologies, like, and this is from over a thousand years ago, talking about, like, great machines that fire lances of light and stuff, like, yeah, yeah, just, you know.
1: I'm not saying it was aliens. But. But it it was aliens. But it was aliens.
2: Aliens. We all did the hand motion. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Our hair uh, got weird. Uh,
2: <laughs> that was really weird. All our hair got really weird for just a second. Very, and very. And like half
1: second. of us don't even have hair.
2: It's true. I'm the only person here with actual hair.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean that's you know it's been around a while. It's gotten more refined as uh, as as we are as our civilization becomes more and more technological. Um, it
2: really, I will say, though, in in, in our pre-discussion, because, you know, guys, we do discuss this beforehand, because we don't want to be completely rambly and off, despite our long conversation about social justice just now, <laughs> um, there's two brands, really, when you get down yeah. to hardcore brass, well, okay, if if it's around Earth-centric sure. science fiction, the future sucks, or the future is awesome. Yep. Earth is either a ver- a desolate fuckhole wasteland, or it's... a Oh, center,
1: took... The bright center of a gleaming empire. Yeah, yeah
0: and, it's uh, one or the other usually.
2: And
1: we're going to
0: talk about science fiction. This is a scale. Like there are many layers to it. There's well, a there's lot all stuff. sorts
1: of permutations. Yeah,
2: it might be the, the bright gleaming center of the universe because of fascism.
1: Like yeah, every yeah. know. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. Oh, that's I mean. But the trains uh, run on I mean, time. So it, we got a little uh, bit of
0: backstory about science fiction, which is great. Um, oh just... uh,
1: yeah, some Heinlein shit, some uh, uh, Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That that is that is the Earth Empire runs on. Fascism, um, but yeah, I know. I mean, I think probably one of the more defining elements of sci-fi, uh, be it in you know genre fiction or role-playing and whatnot, is that it's all about asking questions. Yeah, it's all about trying to examine uh, the human condition uh, or philosophical ideas more so than you get in fantasy. I think you, you, sci-fi is about philosophy. It's about the human condition. Um, the veil
0: is I guess a little thinner when the question is asked like when you deal with fantasy and you ask a question like that it's it can be obvious like it's it's there but it's harder to read sometimes I mean
1: things like magic and gods and and you know prophecies and destiny and that sort of thing that I think kind of can get get in the way Mm. like it it's it can be kind of window dressing and you kind of get distracted by the window dressing and that can be fine Absolutely. But science fiction, you know, science fiction is about, you know, the human condition. And it asks asks questions, and uh, primarily the the big question, at least in my opinion, that science fiction asks is, you know, what does it mean to be human? Mm. What does it mean to be human when faced with technology? What does it mean to be human when we're making new things that think and can be, like... That sort of thing. Yeah, like, what does
0: it mean to be human when some of that technology can be put in my body and yeah. but I it has control over me or I have control over it and what,
1: what does it mean to be human when we encounter life from a different part of the galaxy? Yeah. That uh, looks
2: maybe a little bit like us. Maybe
1: a little bit like us or maybe completely different from us. And 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 who's to say, you know, our notions of human equality, how far does that extend? Does that extend to the other races in the galaxy? Another thing that, that science fiction does,
2: um, I'm going to put up a space wall.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. We I'm put gonna make space, the aliens pay a it. I'm going to make the aliens pay for it. God damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, and the Republican national convention is going on to date the pro, the, to date the podcast. Check it out, guys. Check it out, guys. <laughs> <Check>. Fascism. <laughs> it's happening. All right, um, let's
0: back on topic.
1: anyway, um yeah, I I have no problem wearing my political uh heart on my sleeve. Uh y'all can y'all can uh y'all can trump twitter me all you want. Um but anyway, uh other than asking questions, and then sort of a supplement to asking questions, science fiction talks about the future, uses the future to talk about today. Yes. Um you know, it it uses fantastical you know blown up extrapolations of where we're going as a society to talk about where we are as a society mm-hmm. and um, it's
2: just fa- one of the most fascinating like living examples that I can point to in the mo- in the most recent times is William Gibson oh, yeah. who's yeah you know, he's of cyberpunk fame he's kind of one of the great the godfathers of the cyberpunk genre yeah. and if you go back and read
1: Neuromancer. Neuromancer
2: or even more like down to earth back back in time, mm-hmm. the Bridge trilogy, which takes place around twenty fifty. Hmm. If you look at the world they live in, the techno yep. the way that, you know, technology is handled, the way that societies have come up, the way, you know, entertainment is performed, just the just the way the politics lay, mm-hmm. it's like that man's a weird prophet and I'm not oh, comfortable yeah. with well, how how much he knew. Science fiction
0: historically has had this weird because science fiction is about what we can imagine the future to be like, and then what happens is somebody comes up with an idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if I, Matthew, had the ability a device that let me talk to Scott almost anywhere he is in the world? Would that be really cool? That'd be really useful, right?
1: Like and not just talk, like see, I can see. Yeah. Matthew.
0: And so somebody reads the novel, a scientist, an engineer, somebody who's got mm-hmm. that talent, and he goes, Yeah, I like that. That's a great idea. Can that actually be done? and then they start tinkering and well, they start tinkering and tinkering
1: it's a, it's an inspirational thing and it's also a cautionary thing it warns us about it it like 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 Ryan said it, it's prophetic in a way uh William Gibson is a great example of it there's plenty of other authors who are who are who try and talk about like i said talk about the future to talk about today to like to get us to think where are we going yep. what are we going to look like in the next 20 30 40 million years um oh god pisses me off guillermo del toro and john malkovich uh have made me very angry uh they've made a movie called a hundred years oh yeah uh that part of big part of it is like that like they you know, docked with a bunch of futurists and a bunch of like you know progno people who think about the future but you know what are we going to look like in a hundred years what's society going to look like for a hundred years they made the movie, and they're putting it in a vault, and the vault won't open until 100 years from now. Uh, and the jerks.
2: Yep, super yep. jerks. That's a really stupid thing to do. I, mean, I don't I don't like that's,
0: it. That's the ultimate artsy thing well, to do. But,
2: no, you, way to be up your own ass, guys. Like, yeah. that's a w- way to punish us for liking you. Thanks.
1: <laughs> exactly. that's they had it, headlines for about two you weeks. Know, well, I, I mean,
2: and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm sorry I like your fucking art.
1: Yeah, like, and I want to see it. And you know what, in a hundred years, whatever you make is going to be embarrassing. Yep. Like, Like, you're not going to predict it. They
0: may not be able to read that, like, they may just not have the tech- well, they probably could, like, retrograde the know. technology, I but-
1: I, I don't know, with the amount of, like, 8-track and, and, like, converters that we have today to-, to, to... There's always going
2: to be some technology been... to convert some other shit to some other shit to some other shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm. Um... Backwards compatibility, I think, is a is a thing that's going to stay because we're always going to want to watch our acre- watch our uh, our Betamax tapes. Oh
0: yeah, yeah I yeah, know I, I do.
2: Will. Oh man, me too. Mm-hmm. But awesome. anyways,
0: back to science fiction. Back and to science
1: I... fiction. Back to gaming.
2: Yeah,
0: that's
1: it. Uh, there's there's some some games that have uh, played in this field. Uh, mm-hmm. I
2: mean, Star Wars has had many, many, many iterations. Oh yeah, of Star uh, Trek
0: two and Star Babylon Trek? Five.
2: I can't imagine like I'm told, and I'm this is by people who went to Japan and stuff, told the Star Trek tabletop game is way more popular in Japan than in Interesting. The, than than the Star Wars one, which hey. is, I guess, because of the more structured, like, yeah. militaristic atmosphere of it. Like, I, I have no idea why. I, honestly, like, I would rather... I don't know. Wipe my ass with sandpaper, than play a Star Trek tabletop game. It's something <laughs> yeah. like the most
0: boring thing I can imagine. Well, I, I mean, can see where it can be fun because you're you're dealing with a where you're dealing with structure, you're yeah. dealing with an organization and the politics involved, as well as just like doing your do. Do you do what you want mm-hmm. or do you do your duty?
1: Well, I will. I will put my. Will, I'll put my 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 membership card down on the table. I like Star Trek. I, it's great. Uh, I've always liked Star Wars better, uh, but in terms of like big sci-fi series, Babylon 5. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah, uh, like, like c- I think it. that's a better comparison of Star Wars to Star Trek uh, than, the, than the Star Wars, Star Trek to, uh, dichotomy. I think if you're talking about Star Wars and Star Trek and you want to talk about an alternative or something, you should talk about Babylon 5.
2: Um, does it have a tabletop game? Yes, it, it does. does. I
1: own it's a copy from, of it. Is from, it. I don't know if it's any good.
0: I've read it. It's okay. It was made in like the late night. Uh, yeah, I think it was made in the early 2000s, late well, 90s.
1: Hopefully, I think hopefully the rumors of there being a a, a revival of a, or a reboot or something along of something something coming out. Hopefully that will then create a quality role playing
0: game. Maybe. Um, just somebody's got to get the license. The longest game I ever played in, as far as like an actual
2: tabletop game that was continuous, was a Star. Wars three, I guess yep. three point five edition game that went in like six years. Yep. We went from we went to level twenty in the system, Ooh, as, which, which is, is ridiculous, which is as high as you can go. That's what Vader is. That's
1: what Vader is. Nice. Still don't want to
2: go against Vader. I know, but you know, he is a dark um, lord after
0: all.
1: Yep. Um, but
0: there, I mean, you talk about Star Wars. You start talk about Star Trek and Babylon Five mm-hmm. and Battlestar Galactica, but each of these science fictions are different sort of type of science fiction mm-hmm. in a way. Um, there are a lot of sort of subcategories or sort of characteristics in mm-hmm. particular science fiction. There's uh, one of the big things that's called hard sci-fi. These yep. are differently science fiction stories that deal with there's nothing fantastical. It's not Star Wars. Uh, it, there's everything is explained with technology everything and with human intellect.
1: or explicable. Yeah. Uh, the, the core assumption is that, you know, there's no, there's no fairies behind the, the electronics uh, there, at at some level, uh, it's an extrapolation of stuff that we already understand today, uh, with some some MacGuffin mumbo jumbo thrown in the way. And Star Trek is is presumptively like this, except Star Trek Five, except Star Trek, mm. um, uh, and you know, yeah, uh, the Expanse, which is a series of books, and that's now a, a series on sci-fi, very hard sci-fi, uh, until they start dealing with alien stuff. Uh, and then it's weird um but but even then they are they're not gods, they're super advanced alien technology right. and all that good stuff um,
0: The other aspects of uh science fiction that exist that sort of on the other spectrum, if you will of star Wars is materialistic fantasy, and this is like yes, it's the future or some advanced technology, but the technology can do fantastical things that's mm-hmm. never really tried to be explained yeah. in any depth or detail it does it uses logic and rationale that we in 2016 can't really grasp our heads around yeah I a
2: hyperdrive makes no sense
1: yeah hyperdrive makes no sense and um, the force
0: is also nothing that's a like yeah direct injection of space fantasy. magic yeah space yep. magic and so it's a direct injection of more fantastical elements in something that has a lot of technology just running
1: around. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, well it's essentially the 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 magic takes the form of technology in the Star, in the Star Wars or other digital uh, or other materialist fantasy uh, ideas. It has sort of the trappings of hard sci-fi, but there's a lot of widgety, inexplicable, mystical crap. And then no, you're... No. Uh, Don't you're look
0: a... at anything hard for too long. You won't get a good explanation mm-hmm. And you it. got your cyberpunk in the middle there.
1: Ooh, cyberpunk. Yeah,
0: it's... it's it, it definitely was, he you said, uh, William Gibson in Neuromancer is the mm-hmm. idea of, like, a dystopic future. A, mm-hmm. a future that's like where like when star trek was made and even star wars they're like future is amazing technology will solve all our problems everything will be better and then people came around and saw as the future was growing that that may actually not be the case and so they're like what happens if we have all this great technology but our social issues our economic issues aren't solved what happens if, if if the those divides are even wider than they are than they are whenever the story was originally made. What and, happens uh, if there's a great disaster we don't recover from? Yep.
1: Right. And uh, and uh, Shadowrun is uh, probably one of the bigger cyberpunk games, but that muddies the water because it also has magic and elves. It is and, uh, that's heart.
0: solid sci- materialistic fantasy. Yeah.
2: It, it's very much materialistic fantasy, even though like there's there's just this weird melding of pure like mysticism and magic, but also there are cyborgs.
0: Yeah, yeah, and but they also try to explain the magic and the mysticism like a scientist would. Like, they're like, this is why you can do what you can do. They've tooken, taken the precepts of science and looked at the magic and said, this is why you can make a fireball.
2: Yep, it's it's um, kind of interesting. I, I've always found the uh, Shadowrun games to be...
0: What, okay, on. here's here something popped in my head, Ryan. Would you say uh, Shadowrun is that it's materialistic fantasy it's si- in science fiction,
1: but would you also call it urban fantasy?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Urban mysticism, man. It's, it's, it's yeah. well in there.
1: That's your uh, Dresden files, Sandman slim.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: and that, that could be a topic King for another killer. day, but that's Urban just fantasy
2: about. role-playing is actually something I don't have much experience with because the only like game I've ever heard of that was really kind of the urban fantasy, just straight up genre was the Dresden games that mm-hmm. I'm not a, dresden fans, so that would have no interest to in me whatsoever i mean urban fantasy is white wolves you know it's kind of their their shit
0: yeah a it's, bit. it's yeah. urban gothic fantasy because uh, it's dystopic it's the idea of the world is shittier okay. than ours but also magic is real mage is urban fantasy to
2: its to its core yeah.
1: uh so. now if we want to talk about cyberpunk there is actually a role-playing game called cyberpunk, cyberpunk. Yeah, uh, Murphy. Murphy ran it. Yeah, and and the and I just pulled it up on my phone because I wanted to get it right, and this is about to get a chuckle from the room and hopefully from the from the audience. I believe the first iteration of it was Cyberpunk 2013.
2: Uh, yep. Ooh, I believe the is... one Murphy ran was Cyberpunk
0: 2020. Yes. Yes, and, that, that, that is uh, the there's next There's supposed edition. to be a video game in the few yeah, years coming out.
1: I've got the list here. We've got uh, – it started with Cyberpunk 2013, Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, then again, it went to Cyberpunk uh, 2030X and then Cyberpunk 2077. Are
2: we doing is there plus plus on there cuz I know plus, there's going to be a plus plus. No, I don't know. I've and seen the, I've seen mention of it.
1: And the upcoming video game is based off t- Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Uh so which I'm going to play the shit out of that um because I love me some Cyberpunk. Oh Deus Ex. Oh, yes. fucking Deus Ex.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. Deus Ex yeah. is a great example of, of a cyberpunk and, like, dystopian future. Oh, yeah. Uh, while being extremely modern, like, it's extremely approachable. Extremely
1: modern, extremely hard science fiction. Mm. Um, all uh, I know about
2: Deus Ex is Human Revolution, and uh, and oh, I, just so call it, I just call it the choke slamming simulator. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how I solve all my problems. The sequel's even better. Yeah. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Well,
1: what do you Okay. We, the sequel has to come out. The, no, yeah. as
0: in like he can chokeslam people better.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. In this and now I
0: can choke slam them through the floor.
1: Yeah, exactly. Probably actually. Well, I mean, yeah, the, Deus Ex, the first the first DSX game was was fantastic and revolutionary. Human Revolution just you know made it pretty. Um, well, and, mo- and more modern. I just went through. A, I, I recently played through Deus Ex Human Revolution. It's a wonderful game. I can't wait for Mankind Divided. Um, but because that's because I love Cyberpunk and I love uh, all that good stuff.
2: I mean, they use psionics in it a little bit, don't they? No. No, no. 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 Okay. Not, I thought. Not
1: in Human Revolution. They may have done it in Deus I X. believe in the original
2: they did have s- psychic well,
1: ability. Well, they.
0: Okay. The original Deus Ex, it actually takes place well beyond where Human, human revolution. revolution takes yeah, place. So the, their the, technology is even more advanced. Yeah, the difference. The
1: Human Revolution was all about cybernetics. The original Deus Ex was about. Like your your PC was like one of the test cases that had nanotechnolo- nanotechnological enhancements, mm. so it was a step beyond what, what they're doing. So I think if there was any psionics involved, it was all based on nanotech. Well, yeah. I mean, what
2: I was gonna get at is like, if you need to have certain levels of mysticism right, yeah. in your uh, in your cyberpunk genre, slap some nanobytes on that and call that shit psychic powers. Yeah, like, it's, whatever it's, you it's need.
0: The old adage, which is um, a sufficiently advanced enough technology is in, yeah. indistinguishable from magic, and that's where sort of hard science fiction and materialistic fantasy can start blurring, is mm-hmm. because when your technology does get advanced enough. To a modern person, if you were to if you were to go back 100 200 years and you showed them on iPhone, they oh, would yeah. go,
1: "What is this sorcerous device that yeah. shows me pornography?" <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: what <they're> <laughs> That's what they're for. Normally,
1: That's what it, we would have to watch this by candlelight and
2: uh... on a real. Uh, you're adorable, <laughs> Scott. That was uh, amazing.
1: We have to we have to get old Jenny and and Master Jim to to perform for us.
2: Whoa! whoa <laughs> All right. Whoa! I'm. I'm calling it. <laughs> Shut it down. Yeah. So. But yeah, if you need it, just just call it nanites. Because yeah, yeah. nanites are magic, and they yeah. can do anything.
0: Yeah. And and so, human revolution. This is then the latest one's called Mankind Divided, yeah. which takes takes the story of Human Revolution to its next sort of iteration.
1: That's right. And we'll probably start seeing the signs of nanotech stuff going and, on. And yeah, it because, always, uh,
0: because the main character is very special in the setting because he's he's sort of the precursor to the main character in the yeah. original Deus Ex. Uh, oh,
2: there are so... also RPG elements in it, which oh, I oh, yeah, always yeah, appreciate. But... Because you could always, like, you could choose to be better at, say, like, I for lack of a better term decking. Yeah. Uh you can get you can have hacking and you could get or you could make yourself like a macho cyberpunk murder machine where mm-hmm. your eyes can be cyber eyes but you had to make your choices yeah, yeah. I I, I like
1: that. Well I mean not only could you have character customization like that it was very open ended in how you achieved your goals. Yes. Uh you Except could, for the boss fights which for the is the boss a controversial fights, issue. Uh which is a controversial issue uh which they they did a, a they did an expansion Uh, which had a boss fight that you could try and do many ways. It was hard as fuck, uh, because I just played that as well. Uh, It was really difficult, but it was still technically possible to to do some other stuff with it. But, um, yeah, no, uh, other games. uh, uh, If you want to talk about a sci-fi dystopian game, Paranoia.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Paranoia is uh, is a very old, very interesting game wherein you... uh, you don't play it as a story more as a, like a weird exercise adventure? Yeah, it's a weird exercise adventure. Like it's assumed that you have like you come into into game with a stack of characters that are all clones uh because you're going to die. It's it's you're going to die because the world is run by a psychotic computer and the rules are constantly changing um and like it's it's very dystopian. It's very you know, Slapsticks. it's very slapstick i mean it, it takes like the idea of you know big brother 1984 turns it up to 11 you're supposed to be constantly betraying each other and constantly getting each other into trouble with it with friend computer um and just it's a crazy it's a crazy sort of beer and pretzels kind of game i
2: just remembered a good one mutant epoch that Ooh, I game even, i have never heard of that that game is weird as hell mm. um it's one of those, it's not like dying character creation <laughs> s- situations, but it is a come out of character creation with basically an unplayable character. Oh, Jesus. Like, because I, I, we did a game, I did one session of it just for shits and giggles. Like, you roll on D1000s here and there, oh and, God. you know, just thousand degree percent, percent tables. I came out as, like, a guy with, like, an extra s- <coughs> scythe arm, but I had like 12 HP, but my stats were insane. Mm. And the other guy, like one of the other guys was just like a farmer? Like, <laughs> <laughs> with, with like a handgun. That's oh, weird. That
0: reminds me of Buttery Wholesomeness. This oh. isn't straight science fiction, but it was definitely set in the future, which was basically this oh. weird urban... Hole. Yeah. Hole and Buttery Wholesomeness was just character creations. you had to roll yeah, in the, the a- chart the a- chart.
1: The actual game was called Hole. Uh, and Buttery Wholesomeness was the supplements to Hole. Uh, That included character creation. That's right. The initial game did not include character creation. Uh, You had pre-generated characters. It was a White Wolf product, nominally.
0: Okay, (laughs) the story story was that they got it in the mail. (laughs) And then they. It was on they,
1: loose leaf paper and in, they, a, in a manila they, envelope.
0: <laughs> they Xeroxed the shit out of that, and that's how was the game was presented to you. It looked like there were Xerox copies each mm-hmm. page. The fucking of, Daniel Esky novel? What the hell? Yes. Yeah, it was. And then Buttery Holstness was somebody took that and then, like, actually tried to th- mimic it but expand on it. They yeah, tried to, like, it,
2: figure
1: out the system yeah, when there exactly, was none. There was none. And that is a game like you were describing, Mutant Epoch where you had to roll on a bunch of charts, uh, and you could die in character creation. Absolutely. It was entirely possible to die in character creation. And the the core conceit of that game was that there was this grand galactic empire, uh, and and on the very edge of it, there was this planet called Hull. Uh, H-O-L. Human Occupied Landfill. Yep. And that is where the grand galactic empire dumped the reject psychopaths, and like too too rare to live too rare to live too weird to die. Uh, you were either like
0: the empire was full of just mediocrity. Yeah. And so if you were exceptional in one direction or the other, they found you and they threw you in a hole. Like if you rolled on the chart chart and you got like God literally God's wallet, which was you have all the money in the universe. Mm-hmm. They would chuck you into hole because you have too much money. Yep. But if you were, like, a crazy dude who had one arm and two uh, one eye and a fourth leg or something weird, you we're going to send the you hole. to hole.
1: And there was this delightful, like, image. Like, they had a big star map. uh, Like, it was, like, this sprawling thing with thousands of star systems. And then literally on the other side of the page, Hull. Yeah.
0: it just, <laughs> And I, I, I we wonder... dumped you there, and it was a trash planet, and that's all that was there. They just put people there that needed to go away. I feel like the designers of Borderlands played that game.
1: Yeah. They, I feel like they, it feels very, It yeah. feels
0: right, it feels doesn't it? Right. Yeah. It's got that, that weird, like, slightly crazy, like, whimsy to it. Well, you might meet,
2: like, a paragon of, like, some great virtue or psionic ability. But you also might meet a raving psychopath who wants to wear your face. Uh,
0: there was actually the, uh, was it the, uh, I can't remember the name, uh, but I, I'm going to probably butcher it. It's like the, all you remember is like the, the, the chap biker gang. Yeah. Like, like that's that. all they did. And you didn't want to meet them because yes, they did horrible things to you. Yeah.
1: Um, also in buttery wholesomeness, uh, it came with an insert uh, for a live action role-playing game. Uh, called freebasing, um, <laughs> uh, and the way you start playing freebasing uh, is you burn down your house. Yep. Um, and you, the ex like it, it was it was essentially like Funny how, was XP you know, and how you was, also yeah, cast spells. Yeah, how you cast spells, and it was basically turn real life into a role playing game. How's um, like,
0: that for
2: augmented reality?
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: yeah. like like how to get more XPs? Get a job. Roll drunks. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, like,
0: uh, and, like, how do you tell other people that you f- play freebase? You slap your, yeah, you, your two your, two
1: fingers on on the inside of your elbow. Uh, the, 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 the 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 I'm I'm shooting up. Uh, Gesture, which we can't, you know, Uh, show. The teleportation
0: spell took a couple hours. You had to go buy a plane ticket. (laughs) Uh, If you wanted to save your progress, you need to go to a phone booth, which we don't fucking have anymore. (laughs) Uh, And you just pick up the phone, talk to the operator, and it's like, I'm saving my progress now, and click.
1: Yeah, and obviously, you know, if you died, then you could just go back to the phone booth. Uh, (laughs) No, it was, it was, it it had it. Delightfully horrific. Yeah, it was delightfully horrific, and it had its tongue so far in its cheek. It was delightful. Um, but, but we've got a again, yeah.
0: yeah, we're getting off topic to science fiction, but it is related because we are dealing with the idea of future scenarios yeah. the idea of both in being very serious with it yeah. and being very ridiculous. ridiculous with it. And but the, the idea is all the time, science fiction is there to go, what is life like when we sort of I mean, extrapolate where things could go?
1: Um. Uh, another game uh, game series a, a science fiction role playing game Mass Effect.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah, I Never played it neither. not a single minute. I've played it a little bit. I liked it a lot. Um, well, the first two I liked a lot. Yeah. Uh the I didn't say that wheel and the and the red explosion, green explosion, blue explosion. Uh,
2: well, chase. the I didn't say that wheel has always been a part of Mass Effect. That's true. Uh the red explosion, green explosion, blue explosion thing was was Mass Effect three and I never played it because I just knew too much and I was just like, yeah. I'm just gonna get angry.
1: I you know, it it's really weird that I haven't played it because I love science fiction and I love bioware games. It's
2: very good science fiction for the most yeah, part. It just
1: it didn't grab me. I didn't like the first person shooter aspect of it. I
0: heard the first one's a little rough to play through. Yeah. It
2: is. It's a little glitchy. A little cover the cover based shooting is a little difficult to get around, but like it, it overall is very satisfying uh, also you had just one one thing i will say about mass effect one is that it had way too much a progression option way too much equipment options hmm. like it just over it just overburdened you with the amount of options you had mass effect 2 really really cut that to the bone kind of but it wasn't In a bad way, I don't think it was a way that it needed, because it it obviously wanted to be an action game. Yeah. So it's like, why not just make it an action game with RPG elements?
1: Which is funny. My my wife Kelly really got into Mass Effect, which is odd because she's she likes science fiction. She doesn't like, but I am definitely the sci-fi fan in the house. Um. So that was odd. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, and I I
0: that's weird because this is sort of a slight tangential to it is the the action game with RPG elements. Have you noticed mm-hmm. like last ten years ever even all the most actiony of action games have injected RPG, RPG elements. I wouldn't now I have a little argument of you can actually call them RPG elements mm-hmm. because character aggression is not necessarily choice and that's not necessarily True. what I consider I mean, to make it, a role playing game. Well,
1: it injects a measure of agency because if mm. you have if you have character projection and you have options, then in a good game, that means that you have different, like we are talking about with Deus Ex, different means of achieving your objective.
2: Um, Yeah, in different the case paths. of, like, any Bioware game is an RPG, yes, because so, yes. you make your dude, his, you pick his fa- his or her face, mm-hmm. like, you most of the time have sort of control of what they say to whom... Mm-hmm. Unless it's the, I didn't say that wheel, in which case you might shoot someone in the mouth when you didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. <laughs> oh my god! And yeah. and then their progression as a character is, you know, kind of up to you. Whereas an action game with RPG elements is like a prototype. Like, you know. Yeah, or yeah. It's,
0: it's Modern Warfare. It's, it's the the difference is consequence consequence of, of the decisions you make. Now, there are, as Scott oh. said, there are different. Consequences for I put points in this thing over this thing, and therefore I can't do this other thing. Right. And that it does have consequences, but narratively it doesn't change anything that now,
1: much. Now I know next to nothing about this, but apparently the new Call of Duty game is a sci-fi future game. Yes, where it you is. Go into space.
2: It's called Future War, right? Future War. I don't know. Uh, Infinite War. Infinite War. Yeah. Yeah. Infinite War.
1: And apparently it was it at, at the time that it came out, the trailer for that game was the most disliked like thumbs down YouTube video. Uh, today. I don't know if that's the same
0: thing. Yeah. I don't know, was, it, was it Infowar or was it the other one?
1: I don't know. It was one it was Call of Duty Modern it was it was one of, it was one of the games that, you know, the Dude Bros play. Like the video games that the Dude Bros play. Um and just everyone
2: Are they trying to just be Halo now?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Well that's the thing is like apparently like everyone shitted on it because it was different from what you know, they were expecting.
2: I can't noob tube, and I don't you know, like that. You know, I can't
1: noob <laughs> tube, and I don't like it. But I took a look at that trailer, and there was some awesome shit, because like you got in your, your fighter plane, and in gameplay, you left Atmosphere. Like and and yeah, then, and, E3, and then came E3 3 demoed
0: sticks. it and, like showed it like, off and I'm like that that shit looks
1: fucking awesome. Looks... Oh, they finally
2: yeah. figured it out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Titanfall was like that too. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. and I Titanfall
0: Two is supposed to be even better because it's gonna actually have you know a story to it.
2: Uh, yeah, great. It was a great <laughs> idea.
1: Yeah.
0: It just didn't
2: you know work out.
1: Um, um, but other sci-fi pen and paper games there's
0: they're they're a little because fantasy so it's in the zeitgeist right now yeah. it's, it's fantasy is easy because it's it's all like fantasy typically is all about like emotional mm-hmm. emotions and like adventures and
1: it's grand like, sweeping narrative yeah, and, and
0: fate and destiny and things that make you feel very empowered and a lot of science fiction doesn't inherently do that it makes you more powerful but itself, a lot of the setting is, especially when you need to stop a dystopic game or a cyberpunk game, is going to feel very oppressive. It's going to feel I've, you're going to feel like you can't uh, do much. Also,
1: yeah, and I've heard about this game coming out. Uh, it's sort of digital materialist fantasy cyberpunk. Are hacking... you fucking talking about Subnet? I interviewed the fucking
2: makers of that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> fucking
1: assholes. Yeah, I know. We're. So, we're, uh, we're yeah, subnets coming out, and we're we're playing with that gas. Yeah, so. we're um we're
0: we're scheduled actually. If anyone's listening, we're gonna try to have a few games at DragonCon for people to demo and to play test for us. Oh shit,
2: um, we're gonna try to do a meetup, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, we're gonna do
0: a polyhedron uh, meetup.
2: I mean, I'll be utterly shocked if someone shows up whom I don't know, but <laughs> it'd be
0: cool. Oh, uh, we will. We'll talk about it after the show. Hopefully, in the next episode, because we're gonna have a special guest. Hopefully, next episode, uh, and we'll probably bring out the details about that a little bit more then. Um, but expect good things at Dragon Con and I promise you, audience, there's gonna be a Dragon Con post episode. Oh yeah, uh, oh. like, oh what so that? Yeah. Why yeah. are
1: we so hungover? What do we do? Oh,
2: also, yeah. I should probably point out and like wait, like, what are we fucking hour into the episode? I'm like, yeah, I don't consider steampunk sci-fi. Sorry, that's I, fine. I, I don't consider it. Th-
0: that's its own genre. That's that's alternate history.
2: It's alternate history. So yeah. yeah, I just I didn't want anyone to be like in a comment be like, what are you doing about not talking about steampunk?
0: Come on, what are it, you doing? It's it's a type. I consider it. I could consider it as the type of science fiction, but it's so it's so niche that it, it definitely gets to be in its own little box.
1: Man, that was a time a couple of years ago when everything was brown. And, I remember uh,
0: all the
2: brown. Yeah,
1: there's a lot it's of still brown around. It's still around, but it was everywhere like yeah. five years ago it
2: infected dragon con in a way i wasn't particularly into like,
0: <laughs> uh, well also you got a, a doctor who doctor who brought that sort of idea I don't, back
1: no i don't think no. so doctor oh no no fun.
0: firefly did too That's
1: not, not steampunk no. no i
2: don't think so i think there was just this weird like uh, it, it was something about the zeitgeist
1: yeah it was a weird like zeitgeist wave that just it, it crashed into the into no me. there had to be
2: some triggering event yeah, there has to
1: be an
0: origin point for this type of stuff it just doesn't Come out of the blue
2: I mean it's always been steampunk has always been a thing on the con scene it's always yeah. been big but but there wasn't really any like piece of like media that I could think of off yeah. the top of my head that made me think of like oh steampunk, yeah, that's why that there's eight thousand no, more I people think, than usual I
1: think it just I think it was a naturally occurring phenomena it's something that bubbled <sighs> up from 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 genre fandom i'm uh, sure that I'm sure the alternative. The
2: I'm sure the alternative history aspect of it, yeah. Where, you know, oh, the good old days when we had, you know, sonic rifles and whatnot. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Sh- well, you know. it's sort of injecting, sort of like, kind of like Shadowrun. In my perspective, is let's inject some fantasy into our science fiction, mm-hmm. but let's make it to where steam or whatever the hell ether or whatever the hell we call it makes my machines go. So it's fantasy with sci- with with technological mm-hmm. trappings around. And
1: you know what? There was the um. I can't believe you haven't talked about this in sci fi uh gaming. Uh there's uh the Sons of Ether from Mage. Yes. Uh they were that was steampunk before there was steampunk. Yeah. Um and and talking about sci fi gaming, the other half of Mage, the technocracy. Yeah. Uh there was a uh you know, in, in original Mage you had the technocracy, which were the bad guys, uh but like every other White Wolf product, they eventually made su- playable supplements out of them. And it was sci-fi magic. It was yeah, you know, magic the through can... the lens of science that, that was like it was their super scientific modern age game. Also, and for the nine hundred and ninety ninth uh mentioned by Scott Cuban of this game, uh, the Trinity universe. <laughs>
0: uh, so at least uh, you acknowledge it. Oh yes. god, I love it so oh, much. Oh, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the thousandth, then I get to go get a free sub. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not buying your Where... sub, Matthew.
0: That's what he says. Anyway, You're but, that,
1: so. yeah, no, that's, those are wonderful sci-fi games, yes. and they are all, they tread the line in, uh, to materialist fantasy, I don't, although I would say they're pretty hard science fiction in my opinion. Um,
0: I would say Trinity is, Trinity Tries, now you do have actual legitimate psychic powers, Yeah, exactly. But they tried to explain it as much as they can, but, it was
1: explicable. Uh, it was all about human evolution and, and the next stages of human evolution and, and all that good stuff. I mean, for all this
2: talk, though, I really have not played a hard sci-fi tabletop yeah. game ever. It's all been – it's all Star Wars. I've played so much Star Wars, yeah.
0: though. Um, well, I mean, science fiction is – I wouldn't say it's a downer and a, <laughs> maybe just your the groups you're in because hard science fiction is – it the world is what it is. There's no great mystery beyond – there's yeah. not something – some – Epic order to the universe. It's hey, I'm a dude with some technology, and I'm and I've got whatever is in front of me. It's and hard that's to what gamify I'm... that. Yeah, that's probably. Or,
1: well, I mean, okay, I don't consider it a downer because, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that there's any mystical order in our universe, cool. and I don't get depressed about it. Uh, so
0: I'm I'm not saying there should be. What I'm getting at is the idea of it's not as empowering as like fantasy is.
1: I disagree. Uh I think that um that fantasy and whatnot in fantasy there's always some there there's usually some great external power. Mm. Something that that is grander and greater than you. Um whereas in science fiction, especially like hard 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 scientific and materialistic uh science fiction uh, the sky's the limit as far as mm-hmm. human potential and whatnot is. It is There may be limits out there, but there are real technological limits. There are real scientific limits. And anything that's out there that is bigger and better than us, that is simply what we can be with a few thousand years of advancement behind us.
0: And, and I understand. And what I,
1: we... I consider that more empowering than there's always a big god monster looming over your head, and he will always be bigger than you. And you have to submit to the winds of destiny.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a different perspective on looking at. I I totally get what you're saying and I agree with it for, for the, by and large because I like the agency of humanity rising up using their technology and their wits and their grit to overcome any obstacle. But also, but in fantasy, it's easy to sort. It's easier because the idea of like, let's say you're a cleric and you worship a god. The god to you is this ideal, and that immediately brings like. Like persona to your character, and it gives you definition, something to fight for, and something to fight against. Where in science fiction, trying to be the same guy is going to be hard because you have to look more in the values of what you are about. I'm not saying it's not good, I'm just saying it's different.
1: It, it is different, I think. I, I, science fiction. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll come out and say it. I'm bully for sci-fi. I love sci-fi over fantasy any day. Uh, I think there's less training wheels. Uh, there's less, um, you know, you, you, you've got to... You, it, like, like we said at the, the top of the topic, science fiction is more philosophical than well, what fantasy. You also, to
2: like, what Matt is saying is, I guess it's just a different flavor. He is right, though. You have to, in a science, a hard sci-fi game, you have to be like... You have to think a lot more... Di- more about who your dude is because you're probably you're just a dude well, you're just a dude well you're also a little bit more well for example like unless you're like really well versed in the universe of forgotten realms and or like dungeon dragons wherever the setting is that you're in being really informed about the world around you may not be the most um reasonable thing to ask of someone right. so you might not be able to develop opinions on things or a character so that's why being like well I follow this god so I do what he says is a lot easier however if you're like oh it's 2150 and we're in cyberpunk land and we're going like we're in like hong kong or something mm-hmm. it's like well I kind of have a general idea of earth and I yep. know kind of how earth works and how people work and there's no gods mm-hmm. You know, we and know that. So I have to figure out there are religions. There are religions. And I have to figure out how my character fucking exists on Earth.
0: And Yeah, and you there it's more you're perfectly correct, Scott. There's more philosophical it can get deeper. But just like like whereas a god can be sort of an ideal and you can have this sort of idea of perfection, when you deal with hard science fiction, you're dealing with just humanity, all the good and the bad which mm-hmm. all the all the greatness and the flaws and the flaws are downer they can be a super downer when you're role-playing because you're like well humans being shitty to humans again
1: And i guess i just find that sexier like oh, I no, like it,
0: it's uh, absolutely sexy i'm not saying wrong i'm just saying
1: no like uh, like i'm not trying to dedicate fantasy i'm just talking about my own personal preference uh and and, and what i what i like out of it because and you know what it ebbs and flows with me There's sometimes when i'm super into fantasy uh it just as of late, I've been more on a more of a sci-fi kick, um, and it's just it's an interesting genre. Uh, I like I'd like to see more sci-fi role-playing game uh, role-playing in my life, uh, and we'll, we'll see where that goes.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, and I do too. I play a lot of fantasy, and I like when my story i want to play more stories that deal more with technology and philosophy and perspectives of where humanity can go because those questions are sexy and they're interesting to be because i've done the whole god worshiping perfective self monk super fantasy empowering stuff but i want to see what it means to be a dude who's got technology who's got all the things in the future
1: to look forward i guess to. that's one of the reasons why we're writing subnet Mm-hmm. Uh, I and... think
0: it. I think it fills a hole
2: that I, I have not seen per se filled up, and I, I am very excited to actually get
1: to sit down and you
2: know play the fucking thing.
1: Oh yeah, there, there's. I mean, we're we're gonna we're you gonna have one more
0: there. section to like big section to write, and then the bulk of the draft is done, and then we just gotta play it and yeah. see how it works.
1: We'll play it. We'll uh. We'll, g- we'll... Give
0: it to me. I will break your system.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you g- you'll probably get to see us do a big playtest game on a uh, play together. Uh, I think that's definitely in the works and in yep. uh, a plan. Uh, also, I mean, like I like I've said before, and here's your free sub when the new Trinity Universe uh, games come out. Oh, we're gonna I'm gonna play that. I that's am I'm a stuff. thousand
0: percent behind Ooh, that. I want to yeah. see it.
1: Trinity's gonna be great. Aberrant's gonna be cool. I, I could not
0: wait for Aberrant. I uh, want to see how that goes. Even it,
1: even Adventure, like Adventure, is like it's really interesting because they have these games in different timelines, and even though it's all based on science. The further back in time the, the games go, like adventure, they barely understand what's happening.
0: Yeah, it's they, very, it's very materialistic fantasy. Yeah, like it's pulp. It's very, pulp. It's... it's
1: very pulp. It's very materialistic fantasy. So they are, they are really stretching to like something's happening, and because we're scientists and men, men and women of of science, we're not going to say that it's mystical hooby juby, but we don't really know what the fuck is happening. It's you have got to figure
0: it out. And then when you get into the, sort of the aberrant era, you're dealing with superheroes basically, yeah. but they're like, we have a better understanding because literally we have Reed Richards analyzing yeah. the problem. Well, they, we have a, we they, yeah, have a they're, stronger they're, grasp of what's going yeah, on. They're physics monsters. They're, yeah. they're, they're,
1: they're, 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 they run off physics, uh, like deep, like deep quantum physics uh, and Trinity universe and Trinity, like, you know, they have this like holistic psionic theory that they understand things. It's net nothing in the Trinity universe ever even implies that there is a god or that there is magic or anything like that and that's one of the reasons why i i loved it i'm like this is i saw a game from white wolf that wasn't steeped in in like judeo-christian mythology and i'm like damn son Mm -hmm. and it was great and it's gonna be and it will be again
0: it will be great but i think that's all we've said a lot of cool things about science fiction today so if people are interested in talking more to us more about this and other subjects, uh, you can send your feedback to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter personally, I am at bioimportance. I am at arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S.
1: I am at Divus and if you're a Trump supporter, bring it on.
0: All right. Yay. Fair enough. And if you really, really love the episode and you really want to show your support, um, please either give us – go to iTunes and give us five-star reviews – or go to patreoncom polyhedron and think about becoming a patron of the show. It really helps us out. Right. So, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice.